Welcome to Elevate. My name is Ellie Stiles, intuitive channeler, yoga instructor, and holistic wellness enthusiast. I am bringing you conversations to help guide you towards better ways of thinking, feeling, and doing. If you push play today, know that you are in the right place at the right time and there are messages for you. I am so grateful that you're here and I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Elevate with Ellie Styles podcast. This is episode two. Today's guest is Rachel Davenport. She is a soon-to-be naturopathic doctor and dear friend of mine. Um, in today's episode, we talk about craniosacral therapy, otherwise known as CST. And I've been receiving craniosacral therapy from Rachel for the last two and a half years. Um, and in this episode, we talk about what that is and what she is seeing as a practitioner, what the patient is experiencing. And I know that this is going to be very eye-opening for many of you um, who are looking for a healing modality. Maybe you have struggled with finding something that works for you. Maybe you don't align with conventional medication and therapy. Um, And this is really just a snippet of Rachel's wisdom. She is a full book, a novel of information, and she will be back on. So this is really just a little tease (laughs) as to what she has to offer all of you. Um, But truly, Rachel and her work have changed my life. She is one of the most selfless and intuitive people I have met and really truly wants to see healing in this world and I know you're going to hear that in how she shares with you today Um, but I really want to create an authentic space in this podcast that's relatable and just transparently share my healing journey with you all and so I just wanted to give you a little background on how I arrived to craniosacral Um, So in the past, I've experienced severe depression and I was suicidal. I was hospitalized for my mental health. Um, I've experienced abuse and quite a bit of trauma and abortions. And I'm able to share these things with you because I've worked to have a really healthy relationship with my past. And, you know, arriving here has taken a lot of effort, a lot of energy and time and awareness and incorporation of healing modalities like craniosacral. I was taking standard pharmaceuticals for my depression and I personally just didn't have a good experience with them and you know that's not to say that they can't be beneficial for others it just it did not benefit me Um, and really my first introduction to a physical holistic practice that I found initiated change in my mind and body was yoga and my curiosity for the holistic space really took off after that. I didn't feel a connection to or even relief from conventional therapy or medication um, but I fell in love with yoga and got certified to teach and I was just so eager to share it with people that had maybe been in my shoes Um, And from there, I just got really curious about spirituality and energy and different holistic healing modalities. Um, It was 
2018 <laughs> and I remember sitting on my bedroom floor in my apartment and I just felt called to Google search how to connect with your spirit guides. And so I started calling in my spirit guides by practicing gratitude every day for their presence. I would take a journal out and just close my eyes and write down whatever came through. And that was really the beginning of my search within um, versus looking outside of myself for answers. Um, a couple years later, I moved from Ohio to California. I was still moving through a lot and processing quite a bit. And one morning I was journaling and I wanted to manifest and call in a healer. And that same day, I went to a cafe at, at lunchtime and I was in line and there was a woman behind me and I just felt this urge to turn around and say hello. I was so drawn to her. And this woman is our guest today. Um, I met Rachel and we ended up sitting down at a table that day with two other women and had a beautiful healing conversation. And I quickly found out that she was on her way to be a naturopathic doctor. And she introduced me to all of the healing modalities that she was learning and and sharing and long story short I had my very first session of craniosacral therapy with Rachel in the fall of 2019 and to provide a visual with you all of what this looks like so Rachel is coming to my house she has a massage table that you lay on and I like to set up my space for my time with her by lighting candles putting on meditation music, um, burning incense, and it's similar to how you prepare for a massage. And she begins by putting very gentle pressure on the space between my head and shoulders. And then additionally, she is working with your energy field. And there's no touch involved in that. So it's this beautiful work with your energy field. And how I experience it as a patient is intense release of emotions. So a lot of crying, laughing, twitching, um, my body will tighten, then it will let go. I experience different memories coming up and it's really a full body experience. But at the end of all of my sessions with Rachel, I experience a peace and contentment that I have never felt before and I never felt like I could talk away my trauma or I could journal away my trauma craniosacral is the one thing that I felt physically moved the trauma out of my body like a full body release and I'm, I'm eternally grateful for Rachel, but more importantly, just so excited to share this with you guys because I think there are a lot of people that experience trauma in their body and their mind, and it's a hopeless, it can be a really hopeless experience, and processing trauma is complex, and there's no manual. And I hope that in sharing my vulnerabilities with you all and also just bringing Rachel on to tell you 
about craniosacral and, you know, what she experiences and what that looks like, that it does offer a sense of hope that there are modalities out there and that you do have the power to heal. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and um, thank you all for being here. Um, and Rachel will be back. So I know you're going to be left wanting more <laughs> after this episode, but enjoy. Welcome to Elevate, Rachel. I am so grateful that you're here. I wish I could clone you so that everyone could experience your energy. You've been such a healing and joyous presence in my life, and I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it definitely has touched my life to be introduced to you and then so many others in this healing community because I think with that understanding of collectivism, even right how we met, it was such a collective gathering and it was so mm-hmm. natural and it integrated just different people with different things going on in their lives. And that's when I knew um, for myself, especially uh, naturopathic medicine was the route for me. I knew at that point and I started that journey just a few months previous to that um, at the naturopathic medical school down in San Diego, California. Uh, they have an accredited program. It's four to five year track. And uh, it's it's been a really interesting experience because I'm on this side of the mic now talking about it, sharing <laughs> about it. But beforehand, I used to do all of this stuff. So it's cool to, to know and understand um, where our paths can lead and how they do truly integrate. Will you just tell, can you describe craniosacral to someone who has no experience in holistic healing, has, you know, just no visibility to what that looks like, what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So craniosacral therapy, it's also known as CST uh, for short. Sometimes they use the term MET, which is muscular um, enterprise therapy. And what all these terms tend to mean and they come together to mean is that it's a minimal hands technique. Uh, So it's much like a massage, but you're using a dime's worth of pressure. So if you can imagine a dime would be your fingertip and if you could press it against a sheet of paper and have it on move, that's the amount of pressure you would use. And where you're applying that pressure is around different areas of the cranium. So what we know about the cranium is that there are various sutures that have uh, that grow over time and technically collapse in, um, into each other over time is due to gravity and sometimes different traumas, which can be both physical and emotional trauma and even spiritual. And we've seen in the research, uh, medical research to date, the cranial cycle therapy, uh, what we're able to do with touching certain areas and certain regions around the sutures, we're able to send sort of not only the energy flow, but a reintroduction of blood flow and communicating to the brain that it's okay to provide space, right, to actually open up. And in opening up and doing so, we're able to have the cranial cycle fluids, right, so that cerebral spinal fluid you know, go towards the confluence of sinuses, which is located at the back of the brain, and then essentially flush down the spinal cord. And in doing so, our spine is then well lubricated and then able to thus communicate to different organs more effectively and efficiently. And that being said, with all that physiology aside, Mm -hmm. I think the energy that people feel and that release that people feel from maybe years and years of not having that clearance, right? That Mm -hmm. clarity of mind and body connected is so powerful. It's so powerful to introduce that to people that have not understood touch in a positive way, perhaps, or have experienced traumas in such a manner that, you know, touch doesn't have a positive association. Um, Mm. So I've seen and felt that in individuals, and um, it's really unique to be able to work with different populations as CST uh, or craniosacral 
therapy can be used on any individual. Uh, we've worked on infants in our clinic before, mm -hmm. and as old as uh, 85 is my oldest client. Wow. Yeah. Do you mind me asking what that elderly patient was working through? Yeah, sure. So the elderly patient that I was uh, blessed to work with, uh, she had been um, going through a bit of trauma with family. Um, her daughter had moved away, and emotionally that was really hard for her. I think there was a bit of a strained relationship, and that, what that represented with the physical space of her move had her feeling as if maybe she was uh, alone. You know, she couldn't mm -hmm. connect to other people, and she was very troubled, a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, to see a woman or to see any individual going through anxiety is really unfortunate, Ellie, because it's, it's all too frequent, honestly. Mm -hmm. And you want to believe that, you know, some people are sheltered from that, like children or the elderly, you know, that are these populations that are so vulnerable. But unfortunately, we live in a world where the energy is just colliding at all times. And she felt it so heavily in her heart. So um, what I was able to work on with her was just this understanding that, number one, that someone's there to hold space for her. Because I think that's a really important piece mm -hmm. to people-stable therapy. And holding space is physical, right? But it's also emotional, right? So a lot of my sessions will begin with just... A short conversation about you know what brought them in today or an hour-long one <laughs> like we've be. had many times and, and i love those too I, I wish yeah i wish people had the time to kind of research and investigate the thoughts that you do ellie because it's really is special when you can go deeper dive and yeah. talk about what's been harmful or hurtful to someone um, or causing them pain in their bodies and uh, this woman wasn't as open at that time right she was really hard of trusting and so we took it really slow and um in fact in that session, I I actually did um, I didn't do as much of the pressure on her sacral craniosacral, um, more so than I did to sort of lay hands around her, um, and eventually uh, there was this release of emotion, and um, I gave her that time to to work through that, and then she said, you know, um, if you want to go ahead and keep moving through this, I really, yeah, let's wow. move forward through this. So what did that release of emotion look like? Yeah. Um, what I saw in the room and mind you, um, if you can imagine, it's like sort of a darker space, maybe like a little warm lighting in the room. I like to have the Himalayan sea salt rock there if possible um, to add ambiance. It, it looks like someone's parting ways with an entity, someone they used to know. And it's a strange grieving process because it's a release as much as it is something so familiar to them, right? This pain, this, this trauma they're holding on to. And mm -hmm. They want so much and so badly to, to recognize and identify with at the same time as they want to say, I'm not, this is not me. I am not my trauma. I am not my pain, my anxiety, you know, whatever is plaguing someone. And to feel that in my own heart, it's, it's almost like I can feel what they're feeling at the same time. Mm -hmm. Often when you may have experiences too, my eyes will be closed and I will just feel things. I'll feel things with that person. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like creates that attachment to our experiences with anxiety and depression and trauma? You know, why do we hold on to it for so long? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's familiarity. I think we all want to identify with something in this world. We are all looking to see like, what brings us purpose? What gives, what's life-giving, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is founded in an identity, what we choose to take on in this world, whether it's professionally or personally um, and beyond. And some people 
tell themselves that I, I am an anxious person. I have anxiety. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. When truth be told, that's not, that's not who they are. Sure. And to be vulnerable enough to share that is what I believe is most important of identity. Who am I? Mm -hmm. versus what has happened to me. Mm -hmm. Those are two very different statements, and I think it takes time and conscious effort to decide what that means for someone in their healing process. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like is the first step? You know, if someone's still in that victim state of mind when something has happened to them and they are still, you know, heavily connected to that victimhood, mm -hmm. you know, where do you feel like there's a shift in moving forward into, you know, taking your power back and moving, you know, moving forward and, and healing truly from that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think once someone decides that they have the power of choice, mm -hmm. I don't know. How, how do you feel about the power of choice? Because I think, yeah. I think some people don't know that it's their power. I think they, that people truly believe that whatever's happened to them was just sort of a set of, coincidences or you know maybe even it was inflicted upon them yeah or right. that they deserved it they deserved it yeah yeah i feel like it really is your arrival to the knowing that there is a responsibility within you to to make choices to change your life and i don't know if everybody gets to that point and if everybody you know, has the space and awareness. I, I believe everyone has the space and the awareness, but doesn't always make that choice to get there and mm -hmm. to, to realize that they do have the power to shift their life. And it comes back to the familiarity, right? It's such those emotions that someone's experiencing from sure. their trauma, from anxiety, from depression is so familiar yeah. that when they feel an ounce of joy, of peace, of love, it's unfamiliar and their body is trying to, you know, to relearn, but it does, it takes consistent work. It takes a lot of work yeah. to maintain that and to, you know, create new pathways in the brain to continue living in that state of joy and peace when all they, they've known is anxiety, is depression, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There is a level of conditioning I think that comes with this. And that's yeah. why we do recommend that those people that are entering craniosacral therapy, um, they, they try to take on sessions right? Mm -hmm. Because we do believe that things can happen in one session, but at the same time, conditioning has always been a part of this process of um, whether it's pathology or pain or overcoming those features, they can do this in various sessions. And, and I think that, you know, we, we've seen a lot of success, not only in the clinic, but out in the world. I, I definitely take my table out and I go into the community spaces and I love to serve in this way. It's a really, really special modality to be able to share with different populations. It's, yeah. And you have such an incredible intuitive understanding of where someone's at and what they need in a session. And I know you've, you know, verbalized it several times of, you know, where you were led to work on me and where you were told to, to back off. And it's amazing how in tune you are and how connected you are to let a greater authority move through you in that practice. And you, you really feel that integration in, in your work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. It's an honor. It's an honor really because healing is a two way street. I believe that, you know, it's, um, there's the practitioner and then there's a the patient oftentimes it's the usual format, mm -hmm. but I think both sides experience healing at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so many times that I've seen cases come into the office or that I was brought towards and um, introduced to. And I realized, yeah, you know, there's so much that's coming up for me as this person's speaking. It's almost like I can finish their sentence or their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, as mentioned, um, you know, in the session, I can feel, you know, what's going on in their body, where things are moving and coursing, energy is yeah. kind of flowing, or it's kind of trying to go in different directions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have tried every healing modality in, in cranial, but also you, the person delivering this. I have never felt such healing from something in my entire life. And I am eternally grateful, truly. And I just wanted to ask, you know, so that listeners can understand what's happening. You know, what are you seeing when, you know, whether it's me or another one of your patients, what are you seeing and what are you working with and how are you being led in the practice? Yeah, that's a cool question. I love answering it. It's uh, it's so interesting because it gets to this like metaphysical discussion, right? What mm-hmm. is energy? How do you experience energy? Right. Yeah. And um, there's a sensitivity that comes with that. And I believe some people have that that beautiful gift, um, you being one of them, Ellie. And I would say that you might understand this well, maybe other viewers can relate to this too, that you know, energy is 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 a force, right? It is cellular, it's something that we can experience in the physical. But I think it, it takes a special attunement. And a vulnerability to say, I'm going to open myself to something that maybe I can't visualize or can palpate with my fingertips, mm-hmm. right? But it's something that is felt so strongly that clearly there's a mass, there's a force, there's a there's a velocity behind it, and there's all kinds of energy out there, right? Some might qualify it as you know good experience or um, you know um, positive energy, right? And then others might say, well, this is a darker energy or it goes into a depth, right? Mm-hmm. I try to be less qualifying of it because I recognize that what I'm able to do when I sort of release myself to understand that there's energy, that I don't have control over the energy, that I can invite in the higher authority and act as a conduit for healing, right? So the way I see myself is almost like a cup that I can be filled with this or that. And, um, you know, at times people bring their energy in and, and I think that's a struggle for some of the um, integrative therapists that I've met that, you know, they're the concerned about well, what sort of energy is entering my office? And, mm. and for me, I've always said, but I don't, it's that identity piece, right? I don't identify with this energy. Rather, mm-hmm. I recognize it and in me recognizing it and releasing it to the higher calling and authority, that person might also have the opportunity to do so too because they can feel that energy that, that I'm releasing, right? I'm releasing this energy upwards and beyond, right? Outside sure. of this dimension that they're experiencing it. And it's, it's a really beautiful invitation, I think. How do you, how does someone open up to that vulnerability? You know, if they have no experience with energy, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that being said, I think that the best way you can tell yourself there's energy within me and I want to become aware of that is step one saying, I'm, I'm a human and I live a varied experience. I've had so much I've had to overcome. I've had to, I've gotten to this place today. I've survived and I've also thrived. And saying that aloud or journaling it, wherever you can verbalize that and and declare it to yourself and recognize and have grace for yourself. I think that at that point, you can start to compartmentalize what's happening, right? Because otherwise it kind of looks like this, you know, kind of yarn ball. It's like, okay, well, what's really going on? Like, where is all the energy coming from? Like, what's the, how does it unravel, right? Yeah. But if you just say, this is a yarn ball, right? And, and here it is. This is what it offers. 
it itself, in and of itself, we know that it has its energy and it has its course and it will be revealed to us. We don't have to necessarily pick all pieces apart to know what it is. And if things start to reveal themselves to us, right? Like for example, an emotion might come up in that session that we discussed earlier, the woman started to, to, to cry and crying could be uh, an expression for so many different emotions, right? Yeah. But I asked her, I said, you know, how are you feeling? Not what are you feeling, but how are you feeling? Because sometimes we don't know what that is. Again, it's a yarn pulse, very entangled, right? We associate things like um, anxiety or upset with really what could be anger or fear, mm-hmm. right? I think fear is a really strong emotion that people may not say right off the get. But once they say, you know, I've been through this experience and it's okay to say that I've been afraid. It's okay to say that I've been hurt. It's okay that to say that this is part of my lived experience. Then we can start to see the energy for what it is and not qualify it as something that it's not. Wow. Yeah. I, I feel that all of us have held something within our bodies that has meant to be released in some capacity. And whether that's been released yet or you're hoping that it will be wherever you are in your own personal healing journey, that is something I think we can all share and come together in solidarity that we have all moved through something and we are all just trying to identify what that is, move it out, move forward, integrate it. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for people like you that are so committed to a truth that is so in alignment with your path. I mean, I think you told me you always knew that you were going to do this work from a young age. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. It's very true. And it's, it's interesting to recognize your truth at a young age. Some some people have that opportunity, and yeah. I'm graced to say that I did. You know, I how old were you? Yeah. So I remember telling my mother when I was about five years old. I remember she told me I was in the car seat, uh, <laughs> we're driving on the road, going to school or something like that. Some activity during the day, and she goes, "Honey, you know, like, it could be whatever you want to be." And I said, "Mom, I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to heal people. I said I'm going to heal people." You were five. I was five, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's it goes to show, I think, that we can receive that energy at any age, right? Mm-hmm. That healing at any age, right? It's very accessible to us if we're available to it. So I think it's important that it was said in that manner, early that, you know, sure. I want to be a doctor. I want to heal people because my mother was, you know, thinking how precocious, right? But looking back <laughs> on that statement, I'm like, yeah, but that's truly what it's about, right? Because identifying, right, identity. It's one thing to have, you know, the accreditation and to be able to go out and serve people in that way. And that's a special thing to be called a doctor mm-hmm. or a physician. But at the very same time, um, I want to heal. I want people to heal. I want to see healing. Um, and you can feel that genuine intention behind everything that you do. Thank you so much for recognizing that in me. It's, it's something that I see in every single person I am able to be presented to. There's so much healing within each one of us, Ellie. It's overwhelming because it just shows me, it points to that, that greater, higher calling, which I, mm-hmm. I call God. Um, I believe God is in all of us and ultimately is the physician that heals, right? Unfortunately, I can't go into anyone's cells and say, hey, it's time to heal, right? Start shaking <laughs> somebody, right? right? Wouldn't be so therapeutic to start shaking someone's cells, right? But at the same time, you know, to, to say, I'm going to introduce and invite in the healing process. I'm going to mm-hmm. accept what energies come as they're being released mm-hmm. and then give that to the higher authority to then enter into that place. 
right, to cover whatever was left of the gap or the gape of void, right? Because I think energy does occupy a space. It can be filled with a light energy and a healing energy and a reminder that you're ultimately protected and sovereignty has been placed over you and your health and your and your wellness, right? On this journey. That's that is just something that how do we prepare for that? We we just have to experience it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it gets kind of into that metaphysical state and conversation, but I think most people can align themselves with that notion that yeah, this is a process and each and every step of the way is important in that process. And it's it's a it's grace, it's gratitude I have to be a part of that every single step of the way. And that was your tease of an episode with Rachel. So thank you for your patience on my poor audio skills. <laughs> we got cut short, um, but I just thought there was so much valuable information that she had to share with you all. And it's just a piece of everything that's within her and so the great news is is that she's coming back for a session and we're gonna dive a lot deeper so i wanted to give you all the opportunity to send any questions in um that you're curious about if this conversation brought up anything you'd like to know more on um, i'm happy to bring those to her in our next session Uh, you can dm me on instagram at elevate with ellie styles i'll link it in the description Um, really the purpose is to educate and offer more information in the healing world to you all so i want to be helpful and i want to be intentional with serving in that way so anything that you would like to know feel free to message me and we'll try to hit it in our next conversation um but thank you for being here i hope you have a beautiful day beautiful night wherever you are um whatever day it is and know that wherever you are in your healing journey at this very moment is exactly where you're supposed to be so remember that and we'll see you next time